0: All right, let's turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Whenever a prayer meeting is called, what do you think? I think, man, that sounds really boring. That, that, that's my natural reaction. Now, hopefully as I mature in the Lord, uh, that I won't have that stereotype anymore. But guys, at first glance, you know, prayer can seem so boring. In fact, when we're kids, we're kind of a punitive Duty. Our parents tell us, go say your prayers before you go to bed. And if you had Christian parents, that's great that they did that. I hope to change your perspective on that today. The title of my teaching today is The Joy of Prayer. And when we look into the future, this call to pray as God's church, this call for us to have a culture of prayer, I don't want you to have this internal groan that goes, oh, No. That's stealing something from me. I want us to see the opportunity that we have with the Lord. Uh, There is joy when we work with the Lord. Here's James chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. After we read, I'll present it as a word of the Lord. And if you choose, you can respond. Thanks be to God. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great Power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human, was as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, working is a good thing. It's a good thing to work. I come from a family of workers. My dad was a plumber. Uh, he I don't know how to plumb, so don't ask me for your help. But uh, uh, he, he did it great. He, he was a great plumber. My grandfather, he he, he was a worker, too. He, he was a plasterer. I don't know if that's the name of it, but he had a kind of a special skill, and that is to, to use plaster. And in the Dallas area, there's a neighborhood in Dallas, Highland Park, that... Uh, A lot of rich, elite, famous people live there. George W. Bush and Laura have a house there right now. Jerry Jones, who owns the Cowboys, has a house there. Also, the Hunt family, who owns the Chiefs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they live in Dallas. How about that, huh? You own a team in Kansas, you live in Dallas. Uh, But my grandpa was really retired, but there were some repairs in Highland Park uh, that probably his brothers and his father had They had probably done the work, and so he would occasionally get a call to go fix something that was cracked or needed to be uh, repaired. And so I remember as a kid, I went with him, and and I was invited to work with him. You're going to work with Grandpa. I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to work with Grandpa. And it was kind of fun. I got to mix the mud, and then occasionally I got to kind of spread it. But I didn't really do the work, right, right? Here it was, he had a whole career with connections, expertise, wisdom. He had prepared uh, to do the job. He knew how to take his skill and to make this this wall or the ceiling new again. Um, He he had all the connections, all the resources, and he had what it took to, to complete the job. He did all the work. My grandpa did all the work, but that day I said, I worked with grandpa today. Now, th- this is a memory that I share with you today, but I think it can be a word picture of what prayer is. If I did not go with my grandpa that day, he was still going to complete the job. But it was a good thing for me to be with him that day. And in fact, I could say then and I could say now, I worked with my grandpa. I, I worked today. I worked today. Even though he was, going to, he was going to finish the job with or without me, we know that work is good and it was good for me to work that day. And so it is that this is a word picture, I think, of what prayer is. Here's my first observation today. This is the joy of prayer. Prayer is partnership with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not manipulating God. Prayer is not convincing God. Prayer is not making God obligated to us. Prayer is a form of work and it's a partnership with God. One of the reasons we know that work is good, it's a good thing for us to work, is be, before the fall of man, before sin entered the world, humanity was working as Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So we're always working partnering with God. And that's what prayer is. And that's why prayer can be a joy. Prayer is not something that puts a burden on us. Prayer is something that releases the burdens of the world, knowing that we're in partnership with someone wiser, stronger, and someone who's going to perfect his work. He's invited us to participate. He's invited us to join. He's invited us to step with him. And that's what, make prayer, that's what makes prayer a joy and so good. And hey, let's go to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 3. And, and I want to tell you all about Revelation because I've got it all figured out. Yeah, right. No way. I do know this is that different portions of Revelation mean different things. And we're kind of guessing what a lot of those things mean. But I do know this in Revelation 3, that this was written to a specific church in a real location to real people. This is true. And look what we find in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. God says this to a a church that was existing, and he says it to the church that exists today. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Listen to that. I know you can't see it yet. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on the throne. Just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So here's this idea of partnership. That when we, through Jesus, have conquered sin because of what Jesus did in us. Now we have this right to join the father and partner with the father on the throne of God. And he's preparing us to rule and reign with him, not as little gods. Those are other, other religions who would say that, no, there's only one God. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. And he's always supreme, but it's us being invited to the throne room of God in partnership with him. This is part of what we're gonna do for eternity and it starts now with our prayers. We begin to partner with God to see his purposes prevail in this world. We partner with God to see his kingdom come in our families, to see his kingdom come in our businesses. We partner with God to see his kingdom come in our neighborhoods, in our churches. This is the joy of prayer. The joy of prayer is that we're never alone. We are partnering with God for his purposes to to be an extension of his rule and reign with him as supreme only God. A little bit further in Revelations chapter five, just before those seals begin to to open, so I, I think that it was still talking about the present day. He says, "You made them a kingdom, Revelation chapter five verse ten, and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth." Now this is this is one of the th- the reasons we know now there's one priest now. The high priest is Jesus Christ, and we're all. Priest now, there's no go between between us and God. We have straight access to the throne of God today. In fact, we're ruling and reigning with him. We're partnering with him. And there's no one between us and the Lord. Jesus, he, he was the bridge and is the bridge. And so we have this access to God and access to his power and access to his authority. And we're partnering with him. And I love the end of verse 10. It's what's starting a little bit today, but it's going to, in the future, it's going to be full and full fruition they will reign on the earth. Revelation five, you know, chapter five, verse 10 says that those who believe in the name of Jesus, those who honor the principles of Jesus, those who know that Jesus is supreme and king, they will reign upon the earth. And so, guys, that's what we're starting to do now. And that's why your career matters, your family matters, your singleness matters, your job matters, your marriage matters, your hobbies matter, because you're not just trying to Get by until you barely make it into heaven. As if you're just living in a survival mode, hoping to get in in the future. No, the kingdom starts now. The kingdom starts today. You're partnering with God with your personality, your preferences, your hobbies, your interests, your vocation. The things that cause your heart to come alive. And you partner with God through prayer so that his kingdom comes to this earth and it starts with our partnership now. And that's why we're stewards of the earth. We care about about conservationism. We care about the planet and, and clean air and clean water. We're not those who say, well, oh, who cares? The earth is going to end someday. No, we care because we partner with God, the Creator. That's why we care to promote justice. We want to help the poor. We want to care for the sick, not just lecture the sick, but to be involved in their illness and their sickness and to visit them and to look for solutions and to look for access to health care. That's why we care about those who are stuck in cycles of poverty. And we want to educate them and we want to lift them out of cycles of poverty. And we want each generation to increase with the goodness of the Lord and to enjoy this earth that he's created. That's why we protect the unborn. And we care about things that keep those in the wombs, human beings in the wombs safe. And we partner with God in prayer and in action. That's why we protect children from exploitation and wicked schemes of evil. So we care about content that children are exposed to and messages that they see. That's why we promote sexual ethics and restraint of behavior. Because we know that when we promote these things, we promote the goodness of God for all of society. We partner with God to bring goodness to this world. That's why prayer is a joy because we don't pray to earn his favor. We don't pray to try to get into heaven. We don't pray to try to make the pastor happy. You guys don't care about that anyway. You guys are smart. You're on your own. You don't need my approval, right? You get God's approval. We pray Because we're in partnership with God and it's a joy to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we pray. So when we pray for our world and we pray for our nation and we pray for the church and we pray for our family and we pray for our very own soul. It is work and it is partnership, but it's work. That produces joy. The joy of prayer is the invitation that we've received in prayer. That we know that prayer makes a difference. Prayer touches the heart of God. Prayer connects us with purpose. Prayer gives us vision for something that's greater than we see now. Prayer lifts us out of hopelessness. Prayer gives us a tomorrow. Prayer gives our children a future. Prayer gives our city a preferred future as we can see in the decades ahead. That's why we pray. Listen, no one enjoys work. That has no results, right? No one enjoys that work. That has no results. I feel sorry for the people who, who clean up the highways. I don't know who those people are in Sumner County because uh, they're not as clean as they were three or four years ago. But I always feel sorry. You know, they clean up the trash, and the trash shows back up on the road a few weeks later. Man, that could be discouraging. It's demoralizing when you look at a pile of laundry and you think that pile is never, ever going to end. People with teenagers, can you say amen in here? That disorganized closet can be very discouraging. Stuff multiplies. Have you noticed that? that like shoes, they have babies in the closet or something like that. New shoes just begin to multiply. It's discouraging when you see a garden full of weeds and you're like, wow, that looks like a lot of back pain to clean those weeds that's going to take forever. And so we never start, do we? The weeds remain, the closet is still messy, the laundry. We never really get ahead of it. Okay. I know some of you actually do. You're thinking right now, well, I do. Well, okay. Way to go. You have another weakness. I don't know what it is, but there's something better I do than you and that my family does. But things like that, what does it take? It takes a first step. If you get started, if you start the first load of laundry, if you pull the first weed, if you start to make the slightest bit of progress, guess what happens? Results. You can see there's a, there's a patch of my garden that looks better than the rest. Right, there, there's, a, there's a little bit more laundry that's washed. I can see that my car is cleaner than it was before. And so with results come motivation. If you wait to be motivated to start, you'll never start. If you take a first step and you begin to discern results, then you get motivated. Here's my second point today. Prayer produces results. Hey, this is this is where your eyes will be open to the activity of God. As I said a couple of weeks ago, A prayerless life doesn't see the work of God. Once you start praying, you start seeing the work of God. It's amazing how your vision changes through prayer. Where you didn't see God, now, now. It's obvious the Lord is in this and he's working. Let's go back to our opening scripture and we'll start with verse 16. And this is a different version of the Bible. This is in the ESV. We read the NLT earlier. The prayer of a righteous person. And how many know that righteousness comes by Jesus Christ, okay? A prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And now it reference uh, stories that were very much known by the people who read this and for some of you you'll know the stories of Elijah, and some of you won't and that's okay. Uh, it's in the Bible it talks about Elijah, one of the greatest prophets. he did amazing things. he was revered he was Elijah was like one of the legends. We would think of him like, in in the context of America, we would think of George Washington or or Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, these just people who are so big in our minds. And that's how the people who read this thought of Elijah. But this is what the Apostle James wrote. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That probably meant that he got irritated with people. That probably meant that he said things and he was undisciplined with his mouth sometimes. That probably meant that he was grumpy sometimes. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Verse 18, then he prayed again and the heaven gave gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Guys, I I want to encourage you today that don't think that that answered prayer is for the elite, for the few, for the spiritual all-stars, for those who are professional Christians. No, this scripture says Elijah had a nature just like us, but when he prayed fervently, when he prayed in faith, when he prayed and believed, amazing things happen under the providence and sovereignty of God. So I want you to be encouraged today. The joy of prayer is answered prayer. It's that friendship with God and it's that relationship with God, but it's also seeing the results that often happen. So I had not given God enough credit for answered prayers and there was a simple reason. I often forgot that he answered prayers. In my phone that's on that front row over there, that I had an Apple notes no i 'm not endorsing or getting paid to endorse uh, Apple iPhones, but I happen to have an iPhone, and I have iPhone notes of answered prayers. I put two or three of them in yesterday as I pray for people as I, as I pray for people and I, I, as I told you a few weeks ago, i just don 't have this amazing prayer life that that you guys would be really impressed with, but hey, I muddle along in prayer and and God answers my prayers and so I just wanna encourage you as a practical point, start making a list of answered prayers and watch that list grow and watch the joy of answered prayer become part of your life. It's amazing. Now, guys, uh, I, I had this kind of rule in my head. I don't apply it always. But if I go to a restaurant, I call it the rule of six. Going with four people is perfect. Going with six people are okay. If you break six people, you know that you're just kind of sitting in the same area. You're not having dinner together. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you go with a group of 10, a group of 12, a group of 14, and you're like sitting at the table and you look at the other end. You're like, hey, how are you way down there? Now, that's a problem like for Aubrey and Jen because every night is dinner. You break the rule of six every every night. So, hey, that's why you're, you're the family filled God family. So, way to go. Uh, the, the rule of six, you know, you just, you can only talk to the people nearby, nearby you. And, and so, and so what what happens is this, is I, I found myself in these situations before, or I've seen it happen where you start a story and the person across you starts listening to the person next to them. So then you turn your head and you're telling the story and the other two aren't. Talk- and next thing you know, you're telling the story to the air. Like you're telling the story to nobody, <laughs> That's why the rule of six is important because it reduces that possibility to do that. Well, that's just weird. It's embarrassing. I mean, not really embarrassing, and sometimes I see that happen to other people. And I'm like, hey, I'll listen to you. I'm down here on the other end, but I'll listen to you if you can. Sometimes we feel that way with our prayers. We feel that like I'm wasting my prayer. I'm like I'm wasting this story. Guys, here's my third point today. Prayer is never wasted. It's never wasted. We, we have this. We know that God is always listening to our prayers. Look what First John chapter 5, verse 14 says. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And guys, that's why prayer is never wasted.